Hello, welcome to the monthly Skill Bite Show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skillbytes author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Welcome to the Skillbytes show. Today, our guest is Marika Flat, founder and chief publicity strategist for PR by the Book. Her company helps authors elevate their relevancy and create buzz. Marika has worked with over 900 authors to promote their books and is going to share her wisdom on the best ways for authors to promote their books. Book publicity strategy changes year to year, especially in 2020. Marika is a 23-year veteran of the literary promotion arena and is here to talk to us today about what authors can do for their own promotion. Marika, welcome to the Skill Bites Show. I'm so excited to have you join us today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the book promotion business. Sure. Well, when I was in college, I um, was on the track to go into TV and did four internships. And when I graduated from college, um, moved to Austin and was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And through an organization called Women in Communications, I was connected with a job at a boutique literary publicity firm and landed that job and never looked back. It was a great uh, opportunity for me to um, kind of sink or swim. It was a very small firm and I was able to learn the ropes from the owner Um, just working alongside her and helped her build that company up. I stayed there for seven years before I launched PR by the book. I wanted to go in a little bit different direction. And so PR by the book just celebrated 18 years. And um, I've just really enjoyed being in the book publicity arena. I just feel like it combines so many of my passions, um, including books and reading with Uh, the media, which I'm um, kind of deeply entrenched in as well. And uh, so it just keeps it fun and interesting, you know, 23 years later. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, excellent. Now, this has been a particularly challenging year. Um, Can you share what are some of the biggest changes you've seen this year when it comes to book promotion? Mm Mm-hmm. So on the positive side, you know, a couple of things that have come from um, 2020 and the pandemic, uh, starting kind of at the beginning of an author's journey in terms of reaching out to book trade publications, you know, we used to have to build a list. We built a list of about, let's say, approximately 30 long lead media outlets. And we would, you know, package those books up, those advanced review copies up with a press pack, and we would ship them off media mail. And with the pandemic and everyone working at home, we're able to do that electronically for the most part. And so there is no need there at the beginning. And long lead is typically like four to six months prior to pub date. We don't have to go through that arduous process that is actually very expensive for an author because most authors are having to pay for the printing 
of their advanced review copies. And of course they have to pay for that postage. And so now we're able to just submit those either through an electronic platform for each different publication or, you know, really just kind of doing that as an exchange through email, getting them a PDF or a link to some um, something like NetGalley or something of that sort. And so that long lead pitching process has changed quite a bit in the last nine months. Um, another thing that's positive um, that's come out of this pandemic for publicists and authors is that, you know, TV, um, coast to coast, in local and regional areas, you know, was really limited to, can you get into their studio? Um, and now, because a lot of the anchors are even doing their interviews from home, um, authors, therefore experts, um, can be interviewed via Zoom on any station, coast to coast. And so it's opened up for our PR by the book authors, you know, we're, we've got authors doing TV interviews constantly now because, I can have an author who lives in Austin, but happens to be in Colorado for this particular week or month doing an interview on a Washington, D.C. TV station because it's all done via Zoom. And so, you know, those are some really um, good and positive things that have come out of this year, um, changes for authors. I mean, there's obviously um, been challenges, of course, um, authors, you know, they can't get out and do those physical events um, and and book launches in person. But, you know, we've seen some really successful <clears throat> virtual uh, book launch events that have done been done through bookstores. Um, for instance, we had one of our authors, Wendy Borsanger, um, she uh, wrote historical fiction and um her local Sacramento bookstore uh, hosted her virtual book launch event event back in October, and it went great. And she had nearly 200 people in attendance via this virtual platform. And of course, most of those 200 people would not have been able to actually go to the bookstore in Sacramento, um, including myself. And uh, I was able to sit in front of my computer one evening and um she even did this really fun thing where she created a signature whiskey cocktail drink that went along with her story. And so people could just kind of sit in their homes and in their nice, snuggly leisure <laughs> wear and um, participate in this book launch. And um, that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, you know, there are definitely challenges that this industry has dealt with this year, but I feel like just like every other industry, the book industry has done a great job in pivoting and um, and creating new opportunities um, in the midst of the challenges of a pandemic. Yeah, very interesting. Now, if an author does want to try to get some of these virtual interviews, um, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to go about doing that? So last January, PR by the Book launched an educational platform called Author to Influencer Accelerator. And one of the reasons why we created this kind of DIY option for authors is because over the years, I obviously talked to lots and lots and lots of authors who, for one reason or another, you know, that maybe they don't have a budget to hire a publicist or they just want to, you know, maintain control of their publicity campaign 
or maybe they have some background in marketing and they want to give it a go themselves. So we launched this nearly a year ago. And, you know, what we do is we help authors through this educational platform kind of get trained up so that they can pitch themselves um, to media um, that is appropriate for their book and help them figure out, you know, where do they need to go to get those particular media lists? Um, how do they need to write their press pitches, their other press material? What makes a great pitch? Um, there's media training in there. And so, you know, there's a lot of different avenues to figure out who to reach out to in terms of media. Um, and, you know, there's things like, um, of course, let's say you wanted to go after a particular kind of book blogger. So, um, let's just say, um, women's interest. We do a lot of book, a lot of publicity campaigns for books targeted to, um, women's health in some form or fashion, whether it be their physical health or their mental health or their spiritual health. And, um, so let's say you wanted to go after, um, bloggers who write about mental health issues, for instance, May is mental health awareness month. And, um, so, you know, we always consistently have PR by the book clients that we're pitching for that angle. So you can do some as simple of a Google search as um, mental health bloggers or bloggers who are writing about mental health and come up with, you know, a pretty nice list of people that you can reach out to. There's also, you know, paid services out there, um, you know one that's quite expensive, that's not really accessible for individual authors is Cision online database, which is what we use. Um, but then there's media query resources. Like a lot of people know about HARO, H-A-R-O, help a reporter out. But there's also a paid um, similar um, media lead retrieval service called ProfNet. And so, you know, there's a lot of, I always say if there's a will, there's a way, because especially now in this internet age, you know, a little Google sleuthing can go a long way in terms of finding who you want to be reaching out to. And, you know, now there's new emerging media like um, on, on the platform TikTok, for instance, there's book talkers um, on YouTube, which is YouTube has exploded in the last few years. So there's booktubers who particularly um, create video related to books and, and promoting those. Um, prior to that, um, the big uh, new kid on the block was bookstagrammers on Instagram. So they're sharing beautiful photos of um, images of book covers and putting books in, in pretty settings and taking um, you know, gorgeous photos that are thereby promoting a book. So, you know, keeping tabs on those emerging trends in media is also very important. Okay, well, uh, tell us a little bit more about the Author to Influencer Accelerator Program. Um, how long of a program is it? How do you uh, subscribe to it? What's the fee? Okay, so, um, at authortoinfluencer.com, that's the website, um, we basically have a library of workshops in there, nearly 50, 
that range from, we created this uh, five-step book journey, starts with preparation, then it goes to platform development, product, planning, and promotion. So we created this as a resource for someone, ideally to stay in at least 12 months. People can come and go as they like um, in terms of timing, but we created the content so that people can learn for at least a good solid 12 months. And so we have a library of workshops already in there covering everything from, you know, epic web design to how do you build your platform on LinkedIn to how do you plan out a virtual book tour? Um, We give resources. Like when we talk about building your own press material, we actually give examples um, that authors can basically utilize, you know, in form and function to create their own press pack or experts page or um, virtual book tour pitch, all of those. And so um, it is built as a massive resource for an author to basically handle their learn and handle their own publicity. I say it's like getting an advanced degree in book publicity because you have access to me in my 23 years, but I bring in a lot of my friends in the industry and I interview them on topics um, that they know more than me about. So those first three steps Um, which is preparation, platform, and product, I interview a lot of my friends in the industry that I've known over the years on different topics that relate to those categories. And in the the sections of planning and promotion, those are typically me giving workshops. We try to keep them to about, say, 25 minutes um, at the longest so that authors can, um, you know, really dig in, absorb that workshop. And then each one has a handout that goes along with it so that the author is meant to sit down and then say, okay, based on that workshop and that lesson, here's how I'm going to apply it to my own journey and my own project. And so it really kind of holds them accountable to utilizing the information and the education that they just learned and applying it and actually, you know, putting into action what they just learned about, and what are they going to do next? And so alongside the authoredinfluencer.com platform, and people can go at their own pace, because like I said, there's nearly 50 workshops in there. We've delivered a new workshop every single Tuesday throughout the entire year of 2020. So um, we, you know, are very um, dedicated to bringing new education each week. And then in addition to that, we have a a private Facebook group that they get into. And within that private group, they can use that as a resource, as um, a focus group um, to get advice. We learn from each other's mistakes. We share resources. And once a month, we have what I call office hours with me, which that happens actually later today in our group um, because today's Tuesday. So it's content Tuesday. And I'll be doing a live at 2 p.m. Central today in our group where I basically talk about, I give a lot of tips. I create an agenda throughout the week and I basically come to them with a lot of hacks and tips and resources. I answer questions. I talk about topics that are important to the group. And so, you know, I tell people that if all they used was the access to me, it would more than pay for itself because it's $47 a month. People don't have to stay in for any length of time. I mean, they can sign up for the year if they want to commit to that, 
or they can just do, you know, the month to month, $47 a month. But, you know, my hourly rate is 150 an hour. So if, if people only use that access to me, it's more than paying for itself. So I refer to it as our nonprofit because I really believe in it. We've put a lot of heart and soul and energy and hard work into it. And we just really want it to be a resource. Great. Wonderful. And you said that that's um, once a week, right? Mm -hmm. That you have the office hours. Well, we have office hours once a month. So one Tuesday per month is office hours. And then the other three Tuesdays in the month, they're getting a new workshop with a handout. Gotcha. And so you're going to continue the new um, workshop every, uh, every Tuesday in 2021 as well? That's the plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we have discovered is that in terms of the content that, that we already have in there from 2020, um, you know, people have come in all throughout the year. And so there's a lot that they need to catch up on in terms of what's already in there. And also, by the way, it's not meant for every single author to need every single workshop. Some people will come in and really what they need are steps two, four, and five, platform, planning, and promotion. Maybe they don't need preparation and they don't need product. And so it's not meant so that in order to fully utilize it, you know, you need to need all of those steps. And so, you know, we're really trying to kind of take the pulse of our authors who are in the group right now and say, you know, what it is, to, what is it that you most need in 2021? Um, is it more direct FaceTime with me, more, um, you know, group consulting, like with those office hours? Um, do you need some one-on-one -on -one consulting with me? And so we're really trying to, to figure that out right now and bring the, the most useful service and content to our authors and, and, you know, figure out what they can use the most. Um, because like I said, there's already nearly 50 workshops of content that cover, you know, a really wide range of categories. And so, you know, we're really wanting this to make, uh, we're wanting to make author to influencer um, kind of bend and mold to what the members need the most. Great. Very good. So what are some of the um, tips and hacks and resources that you're planning to share today? Oh, that's a great question. Let me look over here at my list. So um, one of the things that we'll talk about, we, we I kind of like to cover news of the day as well. So we'll talk about uh, the, the news about Book Expo America and how that might change or shift as we go into this new world. Um, they're doing away with the old Book Expo as it has been uh, for so long and they will pivot and create something new. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about how to go about reaching out to your local bookstore and your local schools and creating that virtual event for them, um, how to how to really create, you know, what's in it for them, and so that's going to be another topic that we'll go through. Um, I'm going to tell them about um, important dates that are coming up in January and February. This is one of my favorite parts of each office hour. Is we talk about for the next upcoming month or two 
what are some of the dates that they can tap into? Um, because I love doing this as a publicist. So for instance, um, I'm just looking at the January list. So it's national hobby month, national mentoring month, um, celebration of life month, down syndrome awareness month. It's, those are just a sampling of what's coming down the pike in January. So we talk about how they can use those um, dates and awareness months and, and special tie-ins to relate to their own book promotion. And, uh, and that's just, that's always been a fun, fun thing for me as a publicist. Um, and, you know, we talk about different um, stats and, and news pieces that come out. For instance, I was just reading that one in four books in the U.S. is purchased during the holidays. So we'll be talking about that as um, a discussion point. And one of the great things is that during uh, this time, our authors who are watching it live can, um, you know, add their thoughts and comments and questions into the discussion um, via the, the comments on the Facebook Live and, uh, and make it really interactive. So getting back to one of your points that you're going to talk about reaching out to the local bookstores, mm -hmm. can you um, tell us here, how do you actually do that? Because mm -hmm. a lot of authors want to be in bookstores, may want to do a book launch in a bookstore. Mm -hmm. How do they go about doing that? Yeah. So, you know, bookstores are looking for ways to get creative right now and to reach their audience. And so they want to continue doing those events um, even when they can't create the, the big in-person events. And so they're typically very open to discussing with authors how to create something that will bring in a crowd, even if it's virtual, because everybody who's in that virtual book event is hopefully purchasing their book through that local store. And, and that's a win-win for everyone. And side note, I just want to tell you that um, Capital Books that hosted that event that I was telling you about back in October, she actually said that that is something that they will continue after the pandemic is they will continue doing these virtually, virtual book launch events because it was such a win-win for everybody because so many people that were family and friends and contacts and colleagues and coworkers and everybody who might want to celebrate with that author, um, Wendy, who it was before, um, you know, they want that to continue even after the pandemic. And so that's kind of an exciting new little twist and turn for our local bookstores, because obviously we know Amazon has the share of the market. Everybody knows that we're all addicted to Amazon. It's the sometimes the easiest way to get your hands on a book that you want to purchase. But, you know, local bookstores are also selling online. They're trying to make it as easy as possible. They're trying to bring in um, their audience. You know, I know here in Austin, our biggest one um, that most people know of is book people. And, you know, they're consistently listed in the top 10 independent bookstores in the country. And, you know, they, they try their best to really meet the needs of their, their customers. And so, you know, here in Austin, authors would be encouraged to reach out to book people and other independent bookstores and basically have an idea of how you want to 
create this event? Um, what do you want it to look like? You know, getting creative with some of the things like not only, um, you know, I guess let me back up a step and say that one of the great things that you can do is because it's hosted by the independent bookstore, you know, you'll have somebody to introduce you, but you can also bring in a third party to interview you as the author during the bookstore event, which is what Wendy did. And so she had um, somebody that she knew that, that was very passionate about the topic of her book to interview her throughout um, the event. And so it wasn't like she was having to sit there and just talk for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. She was, um, you know, she had that give and take of the, the interview format. You can pull in somebody that might be like a local celebrity to do this if you have contacts or, you know, want to reach out to somebody like that. It could be a local broadcaster. It can be a local politician. It can be somebody, <clears throat> depending on what your topic is, you know, if it was, let's say, having to do with something medical, you could have a local doctor or something like that do the interview with you. Um, and creating some special things um, around the topic of your book. Like I told you that Wendy created her signature cocktail, encouraged everybody to, you know, create their own cocktail and enjoy with her. Um, she did some giveaways of some really cool stuff. Like she gave away a necklace that related to the topic of her book, um, some beautiful reading candles that are, that are sold at the bookstore. So that was a fun thing that she had, you know, um, oh, she, she created trivia based on her book and the topic and the history. And the first person to answer that trivia question correctly in the comments was the winner of that giveaway. And so it was really fun and interactive. Um, she actually created a video ahead of time of um, some women because the topic of her book was women of the West. And she created a video ahead of time of um, about five or seven women talking about, um, you know, their, their review of the book basically. And that was really fun to see. You can incorporate music. Um, you could have a local musician, um, write a song based on the book or, you know, have a musician that, you know, um, play a song that's part of the presentation, there's a lot of fun and interesting things that you can do to create an event that's much more than you just sitting there doing a reading from your book. Yes, a, a, you know, one or two page reading is also is a fun thing to incorporate into a book launch event, but that can't be the only thing. So you want to combine, you know, all of these pieces, the interview, the reading, the giveaway, the the fun extra tie-ins with the music or the drink or all of these things to create an event that somebody actually wants to come in and spend their time on. Because yes, we're all kind of stuck at home these days and looking for things to do. But, you know, I spent the entire hour in that book launch virtual event and the, then a little bit more because I didn't want to leave the event before it was over because it was so interesting. And that's not just because she was my client. It's because I was really engaged in this event and really enjoying listening to what she had to say. Yeah, it sounds like um, you and your client did a great job making that event really interesting and, and enticing. 
that's what you have to do these days. Because even, like I said, even though we're at home, I mean, you have to think, okay, what's going to make this interesting enough that this person wants to sit on their computer for another hour after they've probably been in front of a screen the entire day, what's going to make them want to engage in front of a screen in their evening versus going and watching a Netflix show or reading their favorite novel or spending time with their family? You know, it's got to, it's got to fit that check all those boxes and, and be interesting enough that they choose your event digitally in front of a screen versus doing something else. Now, in terms of getting in touch with the local bookstore, are there do's and don'ts that you would recommend? You know, it's really simple. I mean, you can find their contact information online and there's usually somebody listed under events. Um, When you go to the contact page, you'll usually have like a manager, a book buyer, and an events, um, and maybe events and marketing manager. Um, So that's usually the person that you want to reach out to. Um, I'm a huge proponent of emailing first. A lot of people, you know, in our digital world want to communicate via email versus on the phone, but I encourage people to email first And then after a day or two, if you don't hear back, pick up the phone, call, absolutely 100%, always leave a message. Um, You know, I I am amazed because, you know, (laughs) I've been a publicist for 23 years and we used to call it smiling and dialing. We spent all day on the phone and I'm amazed at this, in this world we live in where people are just scared to pick up the phone. And I hear people say all the time, Oh yeah, I did call him, but I got his voicemail. So I didn't leave a message. Well, that's just wasted time. So always leave a message because there's a lot of people who won't pick up the phone if they don't know who's calling, but they will listen to that message and they will take down the note and they will follow up on it. So, you know, just don't hesitate to reach out to the local bookstore in that way. It's really fairly simple. Now you had mentioned a number of times, uh, independent bookstores. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, do you consider Barnes and Noble an independent bookstore or? No, they're not an indie. They are a corporate bookstore. They're practically the only one left. Um, And so it's a little bit more difficult going through a corporate store because they have, you know, like all corporations, a chain, a large, long chain of command. And we really want to support our independents. I mean, these are small businesses. They're trying to survive and thrive, not only in this year of a pandemic, but at all times. I mean, even before COVID-19 hit, our independent bookstores needed as much of our our business as possible. So I always encourage buy local when you can. Um, But, you know, that's a much more streamlined communication avenue to set that up with an independent versus something like Barnes and Noble, because Barnes and Noble doesn't always have local, you know, boots on the ground in terms of event planning. Right. Although, you know, in this day and age, it's good to support any bookstore because mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles are not yeah. doing so hot. Right. Um, and some markets just don't have independent bookstores anymore. 
Right. And if you don't, then definitely, you know, Barnes and Noble is the next best avenue for sure. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. I'm an author who is in the process of writing my book. Tell me what I should be doing prior to publication that uh, will help me get positioned properly for my book publication. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that I recommend are, you know, really spending the time to do the market research on who is your reader, who's your buyer, and why, why are they going to buy your book? Why are they in, going to be interested in your topic? Um, you know, we recommend kind of creating an avatar, so to speak, of your ideal reader, therefore your ideal buyer. And, you know, who are they? What do they look like? What are they interested in? What do they do? What do they read? What do they listen to? Like creating that person of who is going to purchase the book and really walking through those steps in that preparation um, arena, that stage in the process, you know, doing some focus groups and talking um, to groups of potential buyers on, you know, what, what do they most enjoy in, you know, a, a fiction series that they, you know, what, what they gravitate to, if they're going to get hooked into a series and what keeps them there? Um, what do they like about a book cover? What draws them in um, to a cover? Um, and, and really figure out who that buyer is going to be. In addition to that, uh, in terms of writing, thinking about, remember I talked about those important dates and media hooks and angles? What are the media hooks and angles that you can embed into your book, into your story? Of course, it could be nonfiction or fiction. And make a plan for utilizing those in terms of your media hooks and angles down the road. So maybe it's, um, maybe you're going, this is just, um, I'm going to use fiction first and then I'll use an example from nonfiction. Yeah. Nonfiction would definitely be helpful because that's what most of the skill bites authors are writing. Okay. So let's not even worry about fiction. So in terms of nonfiction, you know, I mean, there's a million different genres and categories that people can be writing in, but um, you know, let's say you're writing in the space of business, for instance, you know, what, case studies or examples that you can use from brand name companies that readers will gravitate to and understand um, that will also give you name recognition when you're pitching. Um, what can you tap into in terms of, you know, really those times of year that, and, and this is really important to think about in this stage in the game too, is when do you think your book's going to come out? Because, you know, let's say you have a book that is a great book for men and it just so happens that, hey, it could come out in early June. Well, that's Father's Day. There's Father's Day gift guides that are published everywhere. And so think about what's going to make your book enticing for a Father's Day gift guide. Maybe you want to include in that initial writing phase, 
stories, uh, lessons that you learned from your dad? What are all those, you know, business lessons and great morals and ethics that your dad handed down to you when you were a kid and therefore turned you into an entrepreneur and turned you into a great leader? And so including stories like that, that you can hearken back to when you're interviewed um, in June and Father's Day is coming down the pike. And so that's a, a solid example of if you're writing nonfiction, you know, how to thread in those little pieces. Everybody loves to listen to a story. And so, you know, really embedding those stories along the way is going to be great. Let's say, um, let's say you're writing a story on health and wellness and, or I'm sorry, a book, nonfiction, and maybe it's going to be able to come out in late September, early October, and maybe you have a personal story connected to breast cancer and October is breast cancer awareness month. So making sure that those kind of golden nuggets are threaded throughout the book that you can, you know, really lean on in terms of your media hooks and angles at the time. Um, Let's say you are writing a book on the importance of, of sports and activities for children, for instance, and you're completely open to when this book might come out in the calendar year. Well, right before school starts is a great time in August to bring out a book like that, because there's a lot of stories happening about kids going back to school, kids getting involved in new sports, new teams developing. It's the kickoff to a lot of sports seasons like cross country and football and volleyball and all those fall sports that, that kids are in, in school. So taking the time to think about correct timing is super important in the very early stages because you can, you can really make sure that you're weaving these things in to the content of your book. So, so that they're there when you're ready to promote it. Okay. So there's the timing, there's uh, case studies, any other types of hooks that you can suggest that people think about? Well, another, a a great way to get publicity in this day and age um, is placing content because the media is just as overworked and overwhelmed as the rest of us. And so, you know, they have very little time to create fresh content. Um, So being able to offer them an excerpt or a contributed article, or now we call them listicles, which is basically like the top eight things for turning your year around in January, 2021. Um, So a listicle like that, that can be placed as, you know, a sidebar of sorts or a standalone item. Um, Those are great pieces to have in your back pocket um, and to be able to offer those, whether you're, you know, trying to get that into a print publication or an online publication or, um, or, you know, even broadcast outlets, radio and TV, they have online components as well. So let's say you got interviewed. There's very little talk radio anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's really been replaced by podcasts, but, um, let's say you're on your local talk radio show and you were able to land an interview Well, they also have a website and they're sending people back to their website 
TV stations do this all the time. If you're watching your local TV station, um, your local news at 10 p.m., and they say, um, uh, we'll provide an entire list of contact content and contacts related to this story on kxan.com. You know, they're trying to send those viewers to their website after the newscast. And anything that they can do, let's say they interview a cookbook author, for instance, and she creates a beautiful winter stew. Um, they're going to say, go to kview.com after this interview for more recipes. So, you know, they're trying, we're all trying to get eyeballs everywhere that we can on our broadcast, on our website, on our blog, on our magazine, on our social media, you know, that's the name of the game in, in this day and age. And so really thinking in terms of how you can create that content and reuse it in different ways, those are great exercises. We talk about that in Author to Influencer all the time of, you know, how to re reuse content instead of having to recreate the will every time. Right. Definitely. In fact, that's one of the things that I uh, emphasize to my authors quite a bit, that they go through all the resources that they've already developed because that can provide anywhere from 10 to 50% of their book that they've already mm -hmm. got done. And all they have to do is write the rest of it. Right. And that's the name of the game, you know, um, content is king. So um, you have to use that to your benefit for sure. Um, a lot of authors are quite concerned about the amount of time it takes to, um, to promote or market their book. And if they don't want to do it themselves, uh, then the expense of promoting their book. Do you have a a guidance guideline for them roughly they were to do it themselves what did, should they expect to to um uh, how much time should they plan to spend or if they plan to hire somebody what would be the rough cost so there's a lot of pieces to that question i want to make sure i remember to touch on each piece so first of all, if they plan to do it themselves, because it is expensive, it is definitely an investment. It's an investment in their branding and their career and other pieces of the puzzle that might come later. Um, but if they plan on doing it themselves, obviously my best piece of advice is to get into author to influencer and learn how to do it. Um, but in terms of how much time, you know, this is really, um, it's an individual choice that people make of how much time they have in their day. I mean, you can make it a full-time job. If you have 40 hours in the week, of course you could spend 40 hours in the week, but most of us don't have that luxury. And so what I advocate is some of your listeners and followers might have heard of a best-selling book, The One Thing by Jay Papazon and Gary Keller. And um, Jay is a, a good old friend of mine. And I'm just a real advocate in what he teaches in that book of every week, have your one thing that you're going to be focusing on um, for your book promotion. Yes. You've got a million other things in your life. You've got your business, you've got your family, you've got your, your workouts that you want to get done. But what's that one thing that you're going to get done this week to promote your book and focus on that. And, and what they recommend in the book is, you know, 
you might sit down and create a list of 10 things, but then narrow it down to five. What are the five top? And then take that five, narrow it down to maybe three. And those are your top three priorities. So pick the one that you want to do this week. The other two can wait and really hone in on that. And I feel like that helps authors not get overwhelmed. There is so much overwhelm out there. There's so much that that you can, there's so many rabbit holes that you can go down. I recommend, and that's one of the other reasons we created Author to Influencer is because there is so much out there that overwhelms authors. So our job is to, you know, basically be the concierge of sorts and bring it to them and what they need. But I do heartily always recommend for authors, narrow down what's that one thing for this week, get it done, um, get the high of being productive, of being able to check that off the list and then move on for the next week of what's next week's one thing. And so the amount of time they're going to spend is really going to be up to them. And it's really going to be a factor of what else is going on in their life at that time. Now, on the other side of that coin, what you asked is, um, what if they want to hire someone to do it for them? You know, there's there's always been, and hopefully there always will be a market for book publicists out there. I mean, that's uh, why we do what we do, um, because it is a big job. It does help to know what you're doing. It does help to have a professional um, spin on it. It does help to have that third-party endorsement coming from a publicist. And that's why we've been in business all this time. In addition to the, 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 re, the fact that we put a lot of heart and soul into it and most of our business comes to us through word of mouth, um, you know, there's a reason why there are book publicists out there. And so, you know, some of those things that I just mentioned are important reasons. I mean, we have resources at our fingertips that we pay big money for to have those resources at our fingertips such as, you know, the Session Online database and the ProfNet queries that I mentioned and all those resources. We also have years and years of experience. So on our team, you know, we have four campaign managers. Um, three out of four of those campaign managers worked as publicity directors in-house at publishing companies before they came to us at PR by the Book. And so they come to us with that that depth and breadth of experience of working in-house. And the other one, she's been in lifestyle PR ever since she started her career. She's amazing. Um, So, you know, you're hiring that expertise. You're hiring that experience. You're also hiring their relationships that they have with media because, you know, that's the name of the game in PR is to build those relationships, be of service to that media outlet be honorable, do what you say you're going to do, follow up with them, get them what they need and know how to do all of those things and have all seven or 10 of those plates spinning at the same time. And, you know, be very diligent. You know, I can't tell you how many times I follow up with people because that's the kind of communicator I am is, you know, to say to them, oh, I didn't hear back from you on this. I wanted to check and see, did you see that? You know, it's, it's following up. It's being, um, it's, it's, reaching back out to them in a way that's helpful for them too. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what service, how are you making their life easier? What are you providing to them? And so in terms of media, we're always packaging the pitch in, you know, how is this going to be valuable for you and your listeners or readers or audience? 
in one shape or format, what, what are they going to get out of it? And that's how we pitch it as publicists. So if, if an author wants to hire you or some other publicist, uh, mm -hmm. what amount of time do you think is a reasonable amount of time um, for a book promotion campaign? So most of our campaigns are starting out, we're starting the campaign at a minimum two months prior to that book coming out. So two months prior to pub date, that's the minimum. So for instance, our campaigns that we launched on December 1st, we had four campaigns that we launched in-house on December 1st. They all have different pub dates, but the earliest one is February so one of them comes out in February, one in March, one in April, and one in May. And we're doing different types of campaigns for all four of those, different budgets, different scopes, different timelines. And so they want to be working with a publicist at a minimum two months to the book hitting to consumers because this stuff doesn't happen overnight. There's a runway. You got to have that runway to get that plane off the ground. And, you know, in month one of any campaign, it's a lot of behind the scenes work it's uh, getting you all set up, um, getting the campaign manager familiar with the author, writing those press materials. We edit them in-house. They get approved by the author. We go in and start building very strategic media lists, depending on who we want to be reaching out to. And once all that is done and we have those press materials back edited and approved, then we can start pitching. And, you know, pitching, you don't get responses overnight. Um I mean, sometimes you do, and that's great. But, you know, a lot of times it takes some time for somebody to respond. And then they respond saying they need more information and we send them what they need. If they want to read the book, we're sending them an, ele an electro electronic copy of the book. We've got to give them time to read it before we follow up again. And everybody's busy. So two weeks might be a minimum amount of time that we can give somebody to read the book. And so then we're following up a couple of weeks down the road, hoping that they have finished reading the book by that point. And then we're saying, okay, you know, can we go ahead and get an interview on the schedule? And a lot of people are planning somewhere, you know, four, six, eight weeks down the road in terms of their, their interview schedule. Um, so you can see this timeline stretches out quite a bit. And so, Bottom line is that most of our clients are signing on to work with us for a minimum of four months um, with the average being six months. And people can always ex choose to extend with PR by the book when we always are talking to people in that last month of their campaign saying, okay, what do you think? Here's our ideas. Here's some ways that we could keep this going. This is an evergreen book. Here's how we'll keep it out there giving them those ideas and giving them options to continue working with us. And we have about a 50% extension rate um, across the board in terms of our authors who want to keep going because once they finish their full campaign, they can move with us to what we call constant connections, which is more of, um, I kind of hate this word, but it's more of a maintenance kind of campaign, but it's still very proactive it's not just a reactive campaign. Oh, let's just sit here and see what comes through. We're still out there very much proactively pitching um, in that campaign. So we have authors who have stayed with us as long as a year um, promoting their book, because like I said, it's evergreen. There's things that are coming out throughout the every month. And if they didn't, um, 
then they wouldn't stay on board with us. Um, so they're continuing to see those media results coming in and they realize, you know, there's a market for this. There's an audience for this. And this is how I'm going to find my readers. And um, so people are, when they start a book launch campaign with us, um, our full scale book launch campaigns start out at 3,500 a month. Um, we have a mid-level campaign that's 2,500 a month. And then that constant connections program that I mentioned drops down to 1,500 per month. Great. Well, we are almost at the end of the hour now. Um, I could keep going with you forever. You've got so much valuable information that you've been able to share with us. Um, but if there were one thing that you felt was most important for people listening to this uh, on book promotion, what would that be? I would say that a necessary evil in this day and age is building up your platform online. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. <laughs> they don't want to do it. They don't enjoy it. Um, they don't, they could care less about social media, but in this day and age, it is an important piece of the puzzle. And I encourage people start as soon as you can building up your social media platforms. It's a game of acquisition. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a long, long game um, because it takes time to build up those followers and fans and likes so that when you have something important to say, such as, Hey, my book is out now. You have those, those followers and likes and fans in place to hear what you have to say. So um, like I said, it's a necessary evil. Um, most people don't enjoy it, but, you know, consider how you can be ramping that up in 2021. Great. Now I'm sure that you have something in your, um, author to influencer accelerator program on building your platform? Oh yes, that's step two in the five-step um, success path. So we have a lot of workshops on building up your platform. Excellent, and I understand that um, you have a giveaway in connection with that program. We do, for everybody who is listening to the podcast, who reaches out to us um, on author to influencer um, you'll get the first 30 days free in your membership. So all you have to do is tell us that you heard about us on Skill Bites and um, one month free. Excellent. So people can watch as many of the workshops as they can in that one month. That's and right. After that, it's only 47 a month. So mm -hmm. a great value. Yes. Excellent. Well, that's wonderful. It's really nice of you to be offering that to the Skill Bites community. Happy to be there of service. And we just, we know that, you know, it's, um, it's a great resource for authors. So we just encourage everybody to hop on over there and check it out. If anybody wanted to reach out to you uh, for any questions or whatever, what would be the best, um, best way for them to do that? My email address is Marika, my first name, M-A-R-I-K-A. At prbythebook.com, I am on email every day. I answer all of my emails, typically within 24 hours if I'm not out of office. And um, yeah, happy to answer questions. Excellent. Well, and and the website again to to your author to influencer.com, I guess is just author to influencer.com or author to influencer accelerator.com. Just author to influencer.com. 
and um, that'll get you there. You can see some samples of some of the workshops and some different options um, in terms of um, cashing in on that, that free month. Okay, so they go to the website to cash in on the free month as opposed to just emailing you. Well, there's an email off of the website. So I would recommend that once they go and check it out, that they go ahead and send the email and uh, make sure that they're, you know, getting that, that gift. Okay, wonderful. Well, Marika, thank you so much for being with us today. I certainly learned a lot and I'm sure... People who are listening to this will learn a lot as well. Um, Hope you have uh, very happy holidays. And uh, I know you have a ski trip coming up. So I hope that goes well as well. Thanks, Judy. I enjoyed being here with you today.